Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America. But this story is still unfolding. I'm Andrea Smartin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. I always enjoy doing the show when I get to learn something. I used to say this on my regular radio program that if at uh, at that time, 12 o'clock noon, I hadn't learned something new, hadn't been exposed to an idea, hadn't maybe even rethought a position that I'd failed myself and and failed you. And, you know, it's interesting, even when, like Inland Port, for example, I, I feel very strongly that we need to do something regarding what is going to happen in that northwest quadrant of what is Salt Lake City. It's a very important piece of land, and many people have the idea, well, if we don't move forward with the Inland Port in exactly the way as prescribed by the legislature, that, well, it's all going to happen because it's private land anyway, and it'll end up being mayhem and all kinds of confusion we won't have any control over the traffic other people believe well if we don't move forward with the inland port it's just going to stay the way it is that ain't going to happen and so something has to be done but it's it's interesting to look at why salt lake city is concerned why this is uh, one of the now developable developable <laughs> pieces of, of property in Salt Lake City. And with all of the entities that are within the city limits where the city does not have the normal taxing power, that they, they look at this part of their city, of the capital city, with a little bit of a jealous eye. And they want to make sure that that when there are so many governmental entities within Salt Lake City proper, I mean everything, this is the seat of government for the entire state of Utah, for the Salt Lake County, for Salt Lake City. There are other entities within Salt Lake City. It, it is the worldwide headquarters of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And so Salt Lake City, unlike some other municipalities, is somewhat limited on the the property taxes and different things that, that come into the coffers. Now, I want to make sure that we make this very clear on all of those entities that I mentioned from the governmental church, you name it. They bring all kinds of benefits into the city as well. But when it comes to the actual taxing power, I think you can understand, I can understand why Salt Lake City looks at this piece of property somewhat jealously and goes, okay, if the city is going to grow and we're going to grow tax base, we're going to be able to pay for some of the infrastructure and benefits, we need to be very careful about what happens in that part of the city. And I thought uh, when Valerie joined us from the mayor's office, let me get the uh, full name here, Valerie Wild, senior advisor to the mayor, she laid out some of the concerns. And she said, hey, look, the state does have the ability to create a port authority and so on, but it's the taxing powers. And having the citizens of Salt Lake City cut out of part of that process, that concerns her. And concerns Mayor Biskupski. It was interesting to hear that that point of view. Also, another thing that really got my interest in the program today was uh, talking with our friend from the Deseret News, the ethics uh, reporter 
for the Deseret News, Jennifer Graham, when we talked about the private organization that is doing a little bit, you know, with some variations on what Bernie Sanders is talking about and helping people erase some of their medical debt when it's crushing them financially. And uh, I always like to things, see things done in the private sector before we look at governmental. But the, the, the health situation in our country is absolutely startling. And when you compare us, and I know some, whenever I hear the comparisons to Denmark, for example, I love Denmark. The Danes are wonderful people, but it's a very small country. You know, if you doubled the population of Utah, you'd be roughly in the area of the population of Denmark. Many people in Denmark have very similar DNA. Let's put it that way. And the taxes in Denmark in order to provide some of the amazing services and so on. Yeah, you know, 70% uh, tax bill. Okay. And so I, I get nervous about some of the comparisons. But when I saw this, the health spending in the United States of America and other nations per capita, the United States is right at the top. Here in the United States, per capita, it's $10,224. In Switzerland, the only country that is even close to us, $8,009. Germany, 5728 almost half of the United States, as is Sweden, 5511 Austria, 5000 Netherlands, 5000 Then when you head on down... And you get into the United Kingdom. And I know, here's, here's the ooga factor. Ooh, now we're going to be talking, what, some socialism here and there? But in the United Kingdom, it's $4,246 per capita. Australia, 4543 Japan. We haven't gotten into countries that are extremely, radically, culturally, everything different. From us, all of these countries basically are allies of ours. Many people who are listening right now can trace their history back, their genealogy back to these countries. I can. United States, okay, that's where I live, but I have uh, roots that go back to Switzerland and uh, roots that go to the United United Kingdom primarily. So what is going on in the United States where debt related to medical expenses are crushing so many in our population. They are absolutely causing 66% of the bankruptcies out there have their tentacles that go back into medical debt. And I've seen that over and over. You know, uh, sometimes we, we conjure up these stereotypes, these individuals. Well, how did they get in? Well, you know, it's all credit card debt for what? Big screen TVs. They've bought uh, an automobile they can't afford. Well, isn't it interesting that 66% of the bankruptcies trace back to medical costs? 50% of the negative things that show up on a credit report they aren't from those excesses that maybe I just mentioned. They're, they're coming from, again, tentacles back into the debt that comes from medical expenses. Boy, something has to be done. And boy, hats off to this group. 
It's called Rest in Peace Medical Debt. And there are people, as Jennifer mentioned, Jennifer Graham said, yeah, this was put together by a bunch of people who worked in the collections business and worked in this very field, the kind of people that would give you those annoying phone calls and the people that would knock on a front door and, uh, you know, the collection agencies. Many of them got together and said, I wonder if we could do some work on the other side of this issue. And they take donations and then they go up and they buy up the debt of people that are in trouble and they try to do it within certain parameters. And then they pay off that debt and they send them a nice, great, big yellow envelope announcing that their debt has been paid and they are free. The one question I asked that Jennifer couldn't answer because she didn't ask it is, how do you know that letter is for real? I'm skeptical of about everything I get in the mail nowadays. Hey, tomorrow we're going to talk more on Inside Sources about homelessness. We'll talk about the report that's out and the statewide plan. And uh, Jenny Wilson will join us. Thank you for being part of Inside Sources.